Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast. This is a very special one, late night podcast. Uh, we're recording just after the transfer window is shut. Just got 11 o'clock on Thursday. It's Thursday, isn't it? It is Thursday. Thursday, August the 31st. And I have with me... Hello, I'm Ian Doyle, by the way, in case you forgot. Uh, with me, I've got James Pearce, our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away. Hello, James. Hello. And we've also got Neil Jones, who's been the de facto LFC editor today. Yes, yes I'm shattered. Yes, he's a bit tired. He's been in most of the day, as, is, as have you, James. So, at the start of the day, Liverpool were chasing three big names. They got one of them in. Uh, what have you made of it all? Uh, yeah, probably a bit underwhelming in the end. I think, um, obviously, we knew yesterday that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain would become a Liverpool player, so that wasn't any great surprise this morning. We knew that he'd had his medical at St George's Park on, on Wednesday night, and... Uh, so that got announced, um, but yeah, I think you know that obviously all the expectation and focus was on whether Liverpool would be able to land either Thomas Lamar of Monaco um, or Virgil Van Dijk of Southampton, and both of those deals proved beyond them. Um, you know, for different reasons. I think you know clearly the uh, talks with Monaco had, had dragged on for a, a few days and. I think there would have been a price at which they'd have been willing to do business, but Liverpool couldn't agree that deal. And then with Lamar playing for France tonight against Holland, um, just too problematic to try and get that done in time. Obviously, there was the Arsenal interest that, that came late in the day as well. Um, and then with Van Dijk, you know, just a, a real anti-climax after <laughs> the, uh, all the talk all summer. Um, you know, I think Liverpool, their stance was always that they, they couldn't be seen to be chasing him again after what had gone on with the tapping up allegations that I think either um, Southampton had to back down and say to Liverpool, OK, we will listen to, to what you want to offer, or uh, another top club came in for Van Dijk and then if it was clear Southampton were negotiating with other clubs, Liverpool would have been part of the conversation. But neither of those things happened. Uh, Southampton's stance didn't waver whatsoever, just as Liverpool's hasn't with, with Coutinho. Um, so, yeah, further incomings eluded Jurgen Klopp. Neil, we'll start then with Van Dijk, because he's the person that we've been talking about most of the summer. Um, basically, looking at it, no one's made a bid for him. It would seem as though he's one of the most in-demand <laughs> defenders in world football, and absolutely no clubs have made a bid for him. Now, we know that's kind of the truth, but isn't the truth, if yeah. you see what I mean. Yeah. But no one's made an actual official bid for him. Have they all been scared off by Southampton's complete insistence? Or perhaps a little bit about what happened in those early weeks in June with the whole illegal approach and talks yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Have they all been a bit scared? Yeah, I think so. I also think maybe the the, the, the classic way we view transfers is maybe a bit different now in terms of bids. Do they actually matter? Do they need to be made? Is you know we talk about inquiries, we talk about bids. What's, I mean, what's the difference between an inquiry? You know, if you inquire and say. Uh, if we give you fifty million pound for for Virgil Van Dijk, would you accept it? And you go, we might do. All right, we'll give you fifty million. Maybe, maybe, maybe the inquiry saying like, is he for sale? Well, yeah, but then no. Okay, what if we say we'll give you eighty million pounds? <laughs> oh yeah, he is for sale. I've got you know, there's, there's so much. I, I think I, I I do have a little a slight theory that I don't. I think Liverpool were caught with their hands in the till, and I don't think they were alone. I think there was a few other hands in the till at the well, time. With, Manchester with City, Lundike. Chelsea, and Arsenal. Yeah, and I, and I think I think a few of the other teams went, oh god, Liverpool were the ones who got you know couldn't get over the fence quick enough and got yeah. caught by the security guard. So I think that was that was part of it. I also think you look at the other clubs that would have would have gone there. Arsenal 
complete shambles this summer in more than one way. You know, not just on the pitch. No, I don't think that was ever a realistic option for Van Dijk if he if he's got as highly rated as he wants. Man City went and spent all the money on fullbacks, and I think I think that was in in um, in lieu of spending big on a centre back, as we've seen by trying to get Johnny Evans as a sort of cheaper alternative towards the end of the window. And Chelsea went and bought a centre back, a, a big a big centre back in, in in Rudiger, and obviously spent money elsewhere. It looked like they're going to get drink water today, as well as a, as a whole midfielder. So I think the clubs that would have maybe opened the door for Liverpool were either too scared to do it or didn't really have the need to do it as much as Liverpool did, which is the sad thing is, is that Liverpool were the, the one team out of all of them really who needed Virgil van Dijk this summer. And you know, we, I remember doing a podcast with you started you and I think it was me, you and Ghosty was Ghosty, yeah. yeah. And we we basically thought Liverpool got Van Dijk. So did Liverpool, and <laughs> yeah, I think that was the problem. Like, they forgot to actually later. make a bid for him. Yeah, yeah. twenty four hours later, the door got kicked in, and uh, that was uh, that was the end of that. But um, it's it's a shame, as James said. It's the one. It's the big the big regret. I think Lamar Thomas Lamar would have been a a sort of bonus signing for Liverpool because yeah. he's in an area where they're already strong. You could make a case that. You know, he might have been a, an in and out player of the, from the team with Coutinho. With but I was going to say, he's just kind like of that. somebody looking further ahead, yeah, possibly yeah, to replace yeah. Coutinho. Obviously, uh, he didn't help matters, did he tonight? So selfish get when uh, scored a couple for France. One of them, I think, came out with some very, very strange comments after the game, didn't he? he yeah, said, kind of reading between the lines, it looks like he might actually be going to Barcelona. That's what I read into well, it. See when we get out of this podcast, we will. He's but, probably signed for three clubs in yeah. that time. But, but as I said, Van Dyke's the one that I think will be the big regret, and I think he's the one that as I think James has just written words to this effect. If anything's going to cost Liverpool from this summer, it'll be the failure to get Van Dyke or AN or the top centre half. James, if you're Virgil Van Dyke, then you've seen that Liverpool, you know, you, we have to say you, you want to join Liverpool, and Liverpool persuaded you to join, and then you put a big transfer request in. Absolutely nothing happens. I mean, he's put himself out there now. He's put himself in an all very such an awkward position at Southampton. Whether it was Liverpool or whoever, but it just happens to be Liverpool, the team. He's he's nailed his colours to the mast, and no one's come running to take his flag, as it were. No, and he's he's wasted a whole month, hasn't he? I think it is a month since he he kicked up a fuss and ended up being banished to train on his own. Um, but you know, similar to Coutinho at Liverpool, he'll have to have to accept it, knuckle down. And and put his career back on track, and you know I think Southampton fans, of course, they won't be happy about the body what's gone on yeah. there. But he's given himself a great chance of winning the Premier League two title this season. He's been training a lot with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows them inside out now. Mad though, if you look, Sanchez, Coutinho, Mares, Barkley, Costa. Diego Costa, Coutinho, <laughs> you haven't got anywhere. Any of them? It's it's just it's you know that that was supposed to be. Sky are sitting, you know, behind. We've got we've got Sky on obviously in the office today. They're sitting there going, oh, "I wasn't. It was nowhere near as much fanfare as they thought it was going to be today." The it's big it's moves just haven't. haven't but it's, it's them. because clubs haven't had to sell, I think, because they've all got so much money now. Yeah. That and that, that's why tight. you can't you can't be like raging at Southampton for not selling. Van I don't Dijk. think, any, I don't think on, the, And then on the other hand, you know, uh, you know, when you look at it with the Coutinho situation, you know, it is. Yeah. It's, it's it's very similar, really. The worst thing about Van Dijk is that Liverpool basically messed it up. Yeah, that's it. It's but, entirely Liverpool's fault. Well, well they, they they certainly messed it up in terms of the bid should have gone in, 
either obviously they never before or very soon after it became to public yeah. knowledge that Van Dijk wanted Liverpool. It didn't. It didn't go in. I don't know why it didn't go in, but you know, you speak to different people, you get different answers. You know, I, I've spoken to a lot of people who insist that it actually changed nothing, and that Southampton were adamant they weren't selling him prior to that, and that obviously strengthened their resolve that we will definitely not do business with Liverpool because relations between the two clubs. You know, I, I know from speaking to people at Southampton, you know. They, their stance was always not only was he not for sale, but that he is definitely not for sale to Liverpool because if we do, if we do reluctantly agree, we don't want him going there. But it also denied Liverpool a chance to even have a go at rectifying it, didn't it? Mm-hmm. In terms of it, you know, it, it, it denied them the chance to just say, "All right, well, what about twenty million over what what you, we think he's worth? What about the, what about the, the stupid bid that you, you haven't considered even thinking yeah. about getting that much money?" That it sort of denied them. I wonder whether Liverpool. There's, there's, there's plenty again with theorising a little bit, but um, it, it's did Liverpool fear that if they'd have gone bang, there you go, Van Dijk, we've convinced them to come. It was that early in the market that all those other clubs would have said fifty million for Van Dijk. Yeah, we'll have a bit of that, and, and, and but they then feared that it, it, it might not have been as concrete as they thought. And James, also, they weren't in the Champions League at that point. That's true. That's true. James, though, all the. Centre backs are available. <laughs> what? <laughs> All the centre backs are available. Ragnar Klavan. Now, yeah. now, obviously, you've written that this is the one area where Liverpool perhaps needed strengthening more than more than others. Yeah, and they haven't. And obviously, Jurgen Klopp's decided Virgil Van Dijk is the person that he wanted. He had total confidence. Probably still does have confidence that he can get him at some point. But in the meantime, they haven't even bothered to go down the road of getting anybody else in. Was that a wise move? No, I don't think it's a wise move because I don't. I, I worry about Liverpool going into this season now with Lovren and Matip as the first choice combination. I don't think Lovren is anywhere near as bad as some people make out that he is. Um, my main worry about Lovren and Matip is fitness mm. and the fact that they both missed so much football last season. And then I just think it's, it's not so much worry about the, the top two centre halves. It's what Liverpool have got as backup and you know Ragnar Klavan. And you know Joe Gomez, who you know I think is, at the moment looks better suited to playing at fullback than than centre back. For me, that isn't enough depth. You know when you're talking about trying to make a a big impression in the Champions League and produce a Premier League title challenge, I think you only need one injury in that department, and you're you're ridiculously stretched. Um, so that worries me. I think you know you kind of almost loathe to say it because you get accused of trying to put the blame onto the Klopp or whatever and. It, you, know, you get accused of defending the owners, but there's no doubt that it was Klopp's decision not to pursue an, another centre half. You know, if he'd if he'd gone, okay, forget Van Dijk, it's not going to happen. You know, let's go after Johnny Evans for you know for yeah. for example hmm. or something. Then of course, of course, the, the, you know the owners would have sanctioned that, but Klopp didn't didn't they, want they that. Either. He's, either. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's, he's <laughs> You know, and, and you know, short-term fixes and all the rest of it. He, you know, he wasn't interested in that. I think, you know, his interest in Van Dijk won't go away. You know, whether that whether that is rekindled next January um, or next summer. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly Klopp's call. And he, I mean, I know people didn't believe him, did they? When I think it was in Dublin after the friendly against Bill Bow that he kind of said then, you know, he was he was he was happy to to press on with what he's got centre back wise, but. Yeah, that does that. That worries me because I think you look at every other area of the squad, and as Neil said, you know I think Lamar would have been one of those kind of luxury signings that 
would have been nice to have, but Liverpool didn't particularly need him. But Van Dijk, you know, I, I think they desperately needed him, and not getting him and not getting anyone else in terms of the centre half does leave them short. It's it's interesting because the other thing that people don't buy, but it, it's true, James knows better than anyone. It's Klopp really rates Lovren. Yeah. Klopp, you know, if 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 there's a list of people but but as James says, you know, Matter Matter and Lovren have both had injury issues. Clavan, you would have hoped Clavan would be a League Cup player. He's already started a Premier League game this season, you know, albeit did okay, kept a clean sheet. Joe Gomez, you know, we're talking about the the, the front line centre halves having injury problems. Joe Gomez has had eighteen months missed the football at, at the age of nineteen, you know. So I mean, that's the worry. They let Lucas go, who's, who's gone. They let Sacco go. Whether that gets completed, looks like it will get completed in time for that. So it doesn't. It's it's not even. It's not even what the quality. Is. It's just the sheer numbers. Yeah, they don't. I, I, they literally don't have enough numbers to I, cover. I mean, I'm going to say I'm of the opinion that I think they've. Haven't got enough defensive players because you mentioned Lucas. Yeah. Then I mean Kevin Stewart could, you know, he's not quite yeah. anywhere near Lucas's level, but he could have done a job and did and do you, a and job. You, but then none of these options are even there anymore. And you look, you could have a situation where you've got a left back who, who is either you can either have your new left back who is not yet up to speed necessarily with the team, or a left back who didn't kick a ball in anger in the Premier League last season for the most part in Moreno. You have a right back who's eighteen and is learning the game, and you could have. You know, your centre backs should be Joe Gomez and Matt Ragnar Clavan in the middle of all that, trying to hold it all together. It's it it's only a it's only a bit of bad luck away from being a very uh, a very what's it called? What would you call it? rocky foundation? But James James Milner is like a new signing in midfield, and Alberto Moreno is like a new signing at left back. Daniel Sturridge is like a new signing. Two new signings. Yeah, two new signings. Sorry, and uh, Danny Ings could be like a new signing. I mean, I know we're making a bit of a joke of this, but. Maybe, as you mentioned then, about Klopp had, had a lot of faith in Lovren. He's got faith in these other players as well, hasn't he? Yeah, so he thinks he, he knows that they need to sign some more players, otherwise they wouldn't have put in the bid for Lamar, for example. Yeah. But he would be reasonably happy with what he's got at the moment. Yeah, and I think I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we, in, in other years, we've kind of reflected on Liverpool wasting money on players that the manager didn't particularly want because they needed to get a body... You know, you only have to look at today. You know, Lazar Markovic. You know, before we started recording this, you know, you ask, you know, is Lazar Markovic about to leave the club? And it's like, you know, struggling to shift him basically. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you think of, you know, people were were celebrating when Liverpool signed Lazar Markovic, and you think what an absolute flop he's been. You know, similarly, you know, you go back through, you know, this Balotelli, you know, Aspas, Alberto, players, players like this. So and players where the manager didn't particularly wasn't particularly enamoured, you know disagreements over you know it was like Liverpool didn't get the first targets so they went down the down the list and it ended up being a fudge which didn't really didn't really benefit anyone. So yeah, I'd like to have Liverpool to have done more business this summer, but you know I think the, the one plus is that the players that have come in, you know I think I don't think anyone could quibble about the quality of the business that Liverpool have got done. Um, you know, Salah has been you know, exceeded all expectations so far. Robertson, one for the future, but has already shown his big potential. Solanke, you can see why Chelsea were so annoyed about missing out on him. You know, Oxlade Chamberlain. You know, I think questions will be asked about the size of the fee because he was down to the last year of his deal. But you know, you've you've taken someone who was a starter at a top four rival, 
and outflanked another rival in Chelsea who he snubbed to come here. Um, and obviously Keita, who, you know, trying to get him for this summer was impossible. But Liverpool have done the next best thing by getting him wrapped up for, for next year. So, you know, all of those deals, I think, make sense and excite fans. But you'd have just liked to have seen them do one or two more. Neil, about the, the ox, as we are no longer going to call no, him after no, I've just mentioned that. So we're going to call him out. So about Al. <laughs> you like Chambo. We're not calling him that. We're not calling him that. Uh, you can write that, though, if you want. Not, you, can write, you can, you feel free, yeah, feel he's free. He's the Premier League, you can have it on the back of his shirt. <laughs> Twelve months ago, Liverpool signed Junior Wijnaldum out of nowhere. And we all sat here, well, for, certainly for a few weeks, probably months afterwards, going, what on earth did he do that for? Where are they going to play him? And now he ends up being, you know, playing such a big role towards the end of last season, scores some very important goals during the course of the season. And he started this season, okay, you take the first couple of games away. He, certainly the last couple of games, he's been very good. Now, this is a little bit like this, this Chambo, as uh, James calls him. Let's Alex Oxlade Chambo. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, yeah. he's obviously come in at 35 million, but we can't really judge anything by fees at the oh. moment anyway. But the same question is being asked, you know, decent player, could do a job, but is, where is he going to play? Yeah. Or, or is he going to be one of those players that, as you mentioned, can fit in here, there and everywhere? His versatility yeah. is going to help him. Yeah, I think, I think that his versatility will help him. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go out and, 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 and nail my colours to the mast on, on Chamberlain. I'm not a big fan of him, or haven't been a big fan of him throughout his career. I was very excited when he was linked with Liverpool in, in about 2011, when he left Southampton and he was 18 and it was a big, you know, everyone wanted him and he, he looked like he had real you know, real potential. I still see the player now and I still see the same sort of player as, as, as he was when he first went to Arsenal and that, that does alarm me. But then I, I do also go back to the fact that you see that a lot with Arsenal, you think of Jack Wilshere, you think of Theo Walcott, you think of Kieran Gibbs, these players who, who you know, it will be maybe... Could, could go into that category soon. Danny Welbeck, since he's gone there, they don't seem to players don't seem to anymore kick on at Arsenal like they used to do. So you can make the case that Chamberlain has, has fell victim to, to that staleness of that club. But if he has got things going for him, one, it's that he can play a lot of positions. Two, it's that he's got energy and and physical attributes in terms of pace and power and 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 speed uh, on the ball as well as off it. And it's also the fact that he knows now. Really, this 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 Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. This is his last chance at a big club. He's left. He's left one. He's joined another one. If he fail, if he fails and doesn't develop at Liverpool, that that proves that it's Alex Oxlade Chamberlain's the problem, not Arsene Wenger. So I think Liverpool. The hope is that they've got a hungry player who's going to fulfil that potential that he had. He, he maybe didn't fulfil at Arsenal, and that he'll he'll thrive in a in a, a different environment with a different type of manager, coach and potential to play a bit further forward and not play as a ridiculous wing back. <laughs> left like, wing back. Left wing back in the yeah. Cup final. I mean, I mean to be fair, I mean had I been had I been reporting on the game on Sunday, I did say this to you today, and if I'd have been reporting doing the five things we learned from that game, the one of the five things I would have written was that Liverpool shouldn't touch Alex Oxley Chamberlain with a barge probably because he was despicable. And I feel <laughs> on Sunday. Wasn't the but, only one though, was he? But it's almost like he knew he'd be yeah. Well, it's I don't think he'll have many better games for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's already he's already got a great performance for the Reds in him. James, what's your view on uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain? Uh, 
Yeah, a bit more positive than Neil. I must admit, I wasn't exactly doing cartwheels over it, but... When was the last time you did a cartwheel game? <sighs> I was about 12. Yeah. When he got a goal. Yeah, yeah. But I do think, I can understand why Klopp wants him, um, because, of the, you know, Neil mentioned his kind of physical attributes. I think he's a good fit for the way Klopp wants to play. And I think it is significant in the fact that, you know, did a piece yesterday on the fact that, you know, there's been so many times in recent years where Liverpool have missed out on someone to Chelsea. You know, you think of Willian and Diego Costa yeah. and Salah, you know, really? when he, a few years back. And the, um, you know, the fact that the fact that Chelsea had agreed that deal and, and, he, and he, ter- he turned them down to come to Liverpool, I think, I think that is telling. And I think it shows the, the pulling power of Klopp. Um, you know, and I think we've seen that repeatedly this summer. You know, obviously... Van Dijk was desperate to come and play for him. He, 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 that opportunity was denied him. Obviously, Keita, um, you know, could easily have kept his options open um, until next summer, but no, was was desperate to to get that move to Anfield sorted. So, I think we have seen, you know, you know the difference it makes having an elite level manager in charge, and also when you're in the group stage of the Champions League, uh, that certainly helps as well. James, can you very briefly tell us what's happened with Thomas Lamar? Because there's some suggestion from certain reports saying that Liverpool were never interested in him in the first place. Yeah, I find that a bit bizarre. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were definitely they were definitely in for him. Um, you know, I got told on very very good authority that um, they had a medical team ready to ready to go to carry out a, a medical in Paris. Um, just if they'd got the green light that a fee had been agreed, but it, it never got that far. Um, so yeah, unless unless Liverpool send medical staff to Paris, just on the off chance they may be interested in a player. Um, you no, know, there was there was there was definitely interest, but I think it was all it you, you know you know people I spoke to they always had the feeling that it was they were up against it just because it you know of, of the of the time element and the fact that the player was on international duty. Um, and you know, I think I think also there was a, a feeling that whilst Monaco weren't completely resistant to discussions and offers, they 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 weren't willing to budge on on price because you know having lost so many players this summer, they they, they didn't feel feel that as if they were under any pressure to to sell. Well, why do you think Liverpool left so late, Don? Because Lamar Lamar wasn't one that all of a sudden became available, was he? You know, that Monaco have been getting picked apart since well since. Before the end of last season, since they played Man City, basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Since, yeah. Since, since, since everybody saw him, yeah. 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 so it doesn't. It, it seems a bit strange that Liverpool would leave it last week and say, "Oh, we, we knew we were up against the time." Why? Did you, that that's just the sort of. I don't know. We get the we we'll get the, the conspiracy theorists. Of, of, of there's people. no such thing as a conspiracy theory. No, you know this. That's correct. There's always a, there's always a theory that's got some sort of water behind it. Yes, but no, we will get people who will say, "Well, you know." Were they, were they ever that serious about it? But that that one, you know, it was an aspiration. Liverpool aspiration. It was more of an opportunist, an aspirational yes. target. Yeah. Maybe they just got a call on on Monday and said, "Player there might you know we'd love to come to the air or whatever." But to me, it just seems like they, they can't they can't claim bad luck on on Lamar because they've they've had all summer to get that sorted really. And it's a shame. It's a shame that when the Premier League and Liverpool are not going to see this player because. Judging by that first goal he scored for France tonight, he's uh, he's he's got something quite special. Now, James, the transfer window is short in England, not short in Spain, so we're going to have another twenty-four hours of Philip Coutinho to Barcelona. But I think even Barcelona now must be thinking, hmm, 
I think Liverpool might not be selling now, especially <laughs> if we buy him, they can't replace him. Yeah, I must like it. To be fair, Liverpool's stance has been exactly the same all the way through the summer, and then of, of course there's a little bit of you when when you hear that they're in discussions for Lamar and Van Dijk could still happen. You think you do the sums on those two deals, and you do the sums on what Barcelona are willing to pay for Coutinho, and you think, ah, I I, I fear that there there could be a, a sting in the tail, but. You know, even even when I checked that out yesterday, senior people at Liverpool they were adamant that regardless of incomings, that the stance on Coutinho wouldn't shift. And I would say there is absolutely zero chance of Coutinho going to Barcelona now. Um, you know, to be fair, I spoke to someone at Barcelona yesterday, and and they said that they they'd accepted a, a little while ago that, you know, I think about a week ago he said that the Liverpool just weren't willing to do business. I think it was telling the fact that. You know, having tried to cause as much trouble as possible with the timing of their bids, um, you know, being on the eve of games and obviously with his transfer request being just before the start of the Premier League season, they haven't actually come back with the fourth bid, despite those reports about you know a hundred and forty-five million pound offer or whatever. Liverpool, as as it stands at the moment, I'm aware of, they haven't had that because they think that the penny has finally dropped with Barcelona. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one, obviously. Coutinho's gone away with Brazil um, and been past fit to But apparently to, to the, the, the atmosphere around the place is like a funeral, according to one of the, the reports <laughs> coming out of Brazil. Yes. Yeah, well, there's a few people with some explaining to, isn't there? Because I think there was reports today that he was being announced as a Barcelona player at 7 o'clock on Thursday evening, which we must have missed miraculously that. passed yeah. without announcement. That's um, the fourth, fourth time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's... And, and I think... You know, I don't. I don't think keeping hold of Coutinho should be hailed as some amazing triumph because I just think if you can't keep hold of a player who's got five years left on his contract, then we might as well all give up. Virgil Van Dijk. Exactly, but you know, I think it also people people will question whether Liverpool spent enough money in this window and whether they showed enough ambition. But if the owners only cared about money, then they would have sold Coutinho because the bottom line is they could get 140 million pound for him, and I don't. I don't think Coutinho will be worth that that much again. I'd mm. be. I'd be amazed if, you know. I, I know he, we all hope that he'll knuckle down, feel like he's got a lot of making up to do, and repay Liverpool with plenty of goals and assists, and have a have a great season just like Suarez did four years ago. But, you know, I, I still think it was an, an unbelievable sum of money for for a player like Coutinho. But I still think Liverpool were right to to stick stick to their guns. I mean, we'll deal with Coutinho at a later date. Uh, he can come in this office and we'll we'll have a we'll send him a harsh we'll send, yeah, we'll send, we'll send him a harshly worded email. That's what we'll do. Um, but I was going to say yes or no. Do you think Coutinho has got to be a problem now for Liverpool this season? Yes or no? No, it won't be a problem. No, no. if he stays, because if. Yeah, you don't just yeah, what James has been saying. I don't believe a word I said. It's not my neck going on the line. <laughs> no, if, if, if he stays, let's assume he stays, the worst case scenario is Liverpool have got a very good player in the squad who might not be playing in his full capability. And if he doesn't do that, then he won't play. The end clock won't just pick a team out the rest of the season if he's just walking around. He'll get, a, he'll get one or two chances to show that he's, he's willing to knuckle down. If he isn't, Liverpool will play someone else and... That'll be that, and I think Liverpool. I wouldn't say they, they, can, they can cope without him because I saw Phil Neville claiming that they're better without Coutinho, and it's just not right. <laughs> he's, just, he's just wrong. 
Sorry, sorry if you sorry if you do subscribe to the Blood Red podcast, Phil, <laughs> but you are you're wrong. Uh, but I think I, I don't think it's the you blow. I don't think it's the blow that it would have been a year ago for Liverpool to lose Coutinho because of because of Salah and Mane and Firmino's real improvements in form and the presence of of yeah. of Henderson back fit and Chan and Wijnaldum. Oxlade Chamberlain now. Oxlade Chamberlain, of course, and of Sorry. course Lallana when he's back. Yeah. You know. So I you do don't think... need any players. What we talk about? <laughs> well, what, what options? Yeah. But no, the um, the the one the one thing I'd say is it will be nice to see Coutinho in. I, I motivated Coutinho playing in the team that we saw against Arsenal because that that would be something. That'd be quite something. And I don't see any reason why. Maybe not in the next month. Maybe not until around December time. That can't happen. Jay, Coutinho problem? Yes or no? No, because he's got he's got a World Cup next summer. So, no, it might it might be a bit of a marriage of convenience for twelve months, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he left next year. Um, but no, he, he'll have to knuckle down, and you know, as as Neil said, he won't he won't just get in the team because he's Philip Coutinho. He'll have to he'll have to you know prove to Klopp you know that his attitude's right, and yeah, I I I don't see him being an issue. I think. I think the, the type of personality he is, and it's not as if it's not as if he's got. I don't get the impression he's got any making up to do in the dressing room. Mm. You know, he's a popular figure, and I think I think most players would look upon it and go, "Do you know what? Barcelona turned his head. You know, who wouldn't want to go to Barcelona? All right, the stuff with the back injury has, has been a bit unsavoury, with that pain miraculously clearing up after a long haul flight." Um, but the complete opposite to what normally happens. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, he he won't be a problem. Uh, well, very quickly, we'll just go through what else has happened today. In case you missed it, uh, Divock Rigi, he's gone on loan to Wolfsburg. Uh, he's probably the Ryan Kent going to Freiburg. It's, it's two players going to Germany, isn't it? I mean, are we surprised by that or? I was surprised that Rigi went personally. I, I know not surprised in terms of it was rumored for a few days, but I was surprised it got to the stage yeah. where Liverpool considered it. I, I, I like Riga. I think he's a good player. You once gave him 10 out of 10. I did. I, did. No, I, 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 was, I was premature in that one. But it was, uh, Drunk. He was a, yeah, I was. We, 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 we were that night. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a nine that night. But, but, um, and what about Riga then? <laughs> Fantastic. But no, I was surprised that Riga went out. I think he's a good player. Um, and I, I do think there will be occasions this season when you look around and go, wow, Riga would have got a game today. You know, and... and I think that, but good for him. And like James said, the World Cup, yeah, he, he needs probably needs to be playing games. Maybe he was leaning on the clock a little bit to, to get more game time. James Sacco to Palace looks like it might be completed by the time we finish talking here. I mean, having single-handedly tried to force the player out of the club, <laughs> how do you feel now that you've upset so many legions of Liverpool fans that saw him <laughs> as the saviour? Despite having not played since April 2016, during which time Liverpool have finished in the top four and qualified for the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, do you know what, it's a deal that just suits everyone because, you know, he, Palace, I think he was always going to join Palace this summer. I think it was obvious even when they had the bid rejected yesterday that that deal would get done because, you know, he, he, got, he, he was a very popular figure there on loan last year, I think. Palace enduring a disastrous start to this season just meant that they needed him even more, um, and you know Liverpool just wanted him out of the way. And I think I think to get twenty six million pound for a player when everyone knows he's got no future at the club, and you just desperately want him out, I, I think is 
is very good business. I think it's sad because I think it is unbelievable to think that his last appearance was scoring in the Merseyside derby and just... You know, and if, and if, if, if he hadn't said, failed that drugs test... And it, yeah, and if you'd said that night, you know, that he's never going to play for the club again and then, you know, you'd have thought someone was a madman telling you if you if, what, the things that have gone on since then. But, you know, he hasn't helped himself. That's the bottom line. And, you know, I think Klopp can accept a lot of things, but what he can't accept is players with bad attitudes and a lack of professionalism. And that that has ultimately cost Sacco um, his Liverpool career. And I think he's thrown it away because, you know, he, he, he was, you know, he was loved by a lot of supporters. Um, you know, he, he did have that bond. Um, but, you know... He did it for the Liverpool country, James. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And he was a soldier, apparently. But, um, but no, he was... I, I haven't got much sympathy, to be honest, because... Yeah, this. He, as you say, he messed it up for himself. I actually quite like Sacco, but yeah. he, he, it's his own fault he, he, ultimately. He, he messed it up at the time when his stock was in the yeah. highest, and he'd never, he'd never been at the. And he's got a history of messing it up yeah. wherever he's been. But I'm looking forward to. The, he's, I mean, it's a pound for a penny, isn't it, that we're going to get at some point a, a national newspaper interview with yeah. Sacco where he, he, he tears into clock. Yeah. Because I think he couldn't do that last season because yeah. he? he was still he on loan. Yeah. And he knew he, he had yeah. to keep relations. It will be interesting. I also think as well that. You know, it, football's got no real moral code. I think if Klopp really rated him that highly, yeah. then you know you, they would have buried the hatchet and moved yeah. on because managers aren't stupid. You know, if, he, we'll, if we'll, he, we'll see this with Coutinho, won't we? It'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, Coutinho will get forgiven a lot more, just like Suarez did before him, um, because they're on a different, a different level. With Origi, I am a bit surprised that Klopp's allowed him to be loaned out. I think, I think what was key with that one was if they have got the the option of recalling him in January. Um, so if if they are stretched, um, they can they can have him back. But I think you know the fact they're paying all his wages and a six million loan fee was probably felt that it was too good to turn down. And I think it also shows how well Solanke's done in his few months at the club. Because when you think when he signed, people were talking about him starting off with the under twenty three squad, and now he's you know effectively jumped ahead of Origi and and led to him leaving the club for this season. We'll finish then with a final question uh, to rate Liverpool's transfer window, presuming that we, you know, Sacco and maybe Markovic might go by the time we finish, we finish speaking. Not like Adam Bogdan, though, he's still at the club. Right, out of 10, Neil, for the transfer window? Yeah, I'm going to just player ratings, and I'm, player not, rates, I'm not yeah. drunk on this, this occasion, yeah, okay. I'm not in Southampton drunk. This is. Um, a five. A five? Five. Really? Five for Liverpool, yeah. Um, centre, centre half, dude. That was, the, mm. that was the one position. If Liverpool hadn't assigned anyone and I'd signed a Virgil van Dijk or a centre half, it would have been higher than a five. So I think the fact that they didn't fix the, the key area leaves it a five for me. I will ask you lastly or finally, okay. James, because I think the people will be more interested. <laughs> Certainly, the people who, who copy and paste stuff from the podcast, they'll be more interested in what you've got to say than me. You can make them I, to listen to right yeah, to the yeah, end. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're on to it. You can't fast forward it. Um, I'd give it seven. 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 You're right. The centre back's the only thing that's missing. Lamar would have been, you know, as we mentioned before, luxury. Plus, if they'd assigned Van Dyke, it would have taken it to 200 million and that would have stopped <laughs> people absolutely <laughs> slaughtering me yeah. onto it so that's all Liverpool's fault and Southampton's fault and Monaco's fault as well uh, so 7 out of 10 for me 5 out of 10 I'm going to go for a 6 a 6 the average yeah, I, um, yeah I think it would have been I think if you 
Van Dyke on board, and it probably would have been an eight and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the one. Or, or Cater this summer. Yeah. You're not counting Cater in your in your five, though. I'm counting him in my seven because I think football clubs have to look ahead, and business yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be for this. They've don't, already got a plan in place for next year. So anybody who's even thinking about joining in January can see, oh, hang on, they're getting this plan. Yeah, they might have somebody it's, else. It's a good point. Maybe give them a half mark for, for the. For we don't the do half marks. We don't do half marks. Well, stop five then. So, Jay, you said six? I said six, yeah. And so average six out of ten. Yeah. So that would be Lovren six, as, as we often yeah. write in our ratings. Uh, and that'll do us. That'll do us. Uh, hopefully you can join us next week where we will not be talking about transfers for about one pod and then we'll start talking about them again. Looking ahead to the January transfer window. Cheerio.